0: Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the Toby Lutka and Kaz Nijadian on Shopify's Country-Sized Economy Network State Podcast with Balaji Srinivasan episode of the Network State Podcast. Claim. Check out the Network State Podcast episode page. Intro. In this episode of the Network State Podcast, we have Toby Lutka and Kaz Nijadian at Canada Kaz. CEO and COO of Shopify, one of Canada's largest companies and an internal economy on par with a small country like Greece or New Zealand. They share their insights on the management and technical challenges they faced while building a company of such a scale and even discuss what kind of small country they would build if given the opportunity. Host, Balaji Srinivasan Shopify has the scale of a small country. Shopify is one of Canada's largest companies and has built an economy on the scale of a small country. Toby Luka, CEO of Shopify, mentions that it is, quote, a large exercise in creating incentives for people to harness their enlightened self-interest for the betterment of the entire community. Toby Luka. There are millions of merchants and billions of dollars built from scratch, and hundreds of millions of people buy from Shopify stores every year. The global network of commerce and internal economics of Shopify is a reflection of economics in the company. The app store inside Shopify has a developer community building against that, which is increasingly good for the company. In terms of employment, it is estimated that around 5 million people are employed by the app developers and the stores themselves. The vibrancy of almost every economy depends on how quickly small businesses are being refilled and the leaky bucket being refilled faster. The fate of entrepreneurs is often not recognized or not talked about a lot, but it always plays a very important role, and Shopify believes that the entrepreneurship and economy are related to the friction of starting businesses rather than policies. The complex requirements that the medium dictates often prevent businesses from succeeding. Shopify is trying to reduce the learning curve to make starting new businesses in retail space more accessible to everyone. Kaz notes that Toby and he are both immigrants. And he considers Shopify entrepreneurs as immigrants from big companies. Lifestyle businesses take up your whole life. Running a small business is not a lifestyle, it is a full time job and as hard as running a big company, but without the support of venture capital or franchise backing. The term lifestyle business is a construct of Silicon Valley and is a mean term for small businesses. Small business owners are true entrepreneurs who don't take no for an answer and make things happen. During COVID lockdowns, many small businesses went under due to regulatory complexity and lack of support. The complexity of regulations is pushing independent practitioners into being employees of large hospital chains or working in other industries. Shopify may be a synthesis of the thesis of wanting to start-run a small business and the antithesis of regulatory complexity becoming a frictional cost. Shopify provides a centralized hub of inventory, logistics, pricing, banking, taxes, and potentially compliance as a service to help small businesses focus on customer service. The Shopify community could potentially be organized into a group of citizens of Shopify. Balaji asks if there is cross-pollination from the non-zero-sum mentality of tech into the SMB small and medium-sized businesses community. Kes talks about his experience as a tech founder while he was in Y Combinator, and how his mom is a Shopify merchant. He mentions that when he was in YC, Shopify merchants would build applications for each other and give them away for free, whereas a startup with a growth hack would never give them away. This is because the goal for Shopify merchants is to maximize the size of the DTC, direct to consumer space, and direct connections to customers. It is also the reason why they all love Shop Pay, a magical button on the internet that makes shopping easy, and want to be on the same side of the table against regulations that ban them from having one click checkout. Balaji asks about the regulatory barrier to one-click checkout. KESS explains that there was a patent pending for one-click checkout for a very long time, and there are also regulations that require you to get audited every X month for your fault, as well as banking regulations that make entrepreneurship difficult. Toby adds that Germany actually has laws about checkout and regulatory requirements for how every button has to say certain words in the process. Balaji points out that these regulations can become obsolete and overspecified and that crypto payments might not fit into those regulations. Kaz explains that for every $38 Shopify merchants make, Shopify makes $1 and that the goal is to accrue far more benefit to the community than Shopify takes. He adds that Shopify is like an open-source app store for merchants and that they trade things within the community in the spirit of sharing. Balaji notes that it's like branding and being known within the merchant community, and asks if this is part of the DTC thing as well. Toby Lutka says that it's a spirit of sharing, he's not cynical. SMBs can be harder than startups. The financial system favors risky investments and banks usually do not lend money to small businesses, especially new ones. It is easier to get financing from venture capitalists. Equity financing is more common in startups, while SMBs rely more on debt financing. SMBs usually have a proven business model, while startups are unproven. Startups focus on hyper-growth, new technology, and high-risk investment, while SMBs are more focused on steady growth and proven methods. Production capital is difficult to obtain for small businesses, which makes it challenging for them to grow. Equity financing is a solution to this problem, but it is not easily available from banks. Established patterns for non-equity financing are becoming increasingly difficult to access for SMBs. Shopify's funding arm, Shopify Capital, exists to fund SMB since banks do not lend money to small businesses. Small business loans usually require a personal guarantee, making them a terrible deal for small businesses. The underwriting engine for small business loans does not exist. Shopify allows small business owners to bypass the corporate barrier, which enables them to access funding and participate in the economy. Real lending to small businesses is an economy and society-improving institution, but banks do not provide it. Small businesses, especially those that start on Shopify, can replicate these lending institutions within their own mini-economy. Shopify could invest in its merchants. Balaji suggests the idea of a Shopify fund where successful merchants on the platform could invest a percentage to back and invest in the next expert Shopify merchant. He believes machine learning can be used to do better underwriting to pull straight margins out of Shopify's scale, as banks don't have a track record on the merchants like Shopify does. Shopify's decision to offer the platform for $29 is an underwriting decision, which is a long-term bet. Balaji suggests moving the center of opinion within the community and policymaker community to realize the potential of building new cities and even new countries, which requires creating a new state from scratch. He defines tech policy as the blocking and tackling of the network state or startup city, which is the ultimate level of tech policy, allowing the determination of policy from scratch. Shopify's economy is on par with Greece or New Zealand. Shopify is on par with a small country in terms of economy. Its merchant population alone is somewhere between Latvia and Slovenia, and its GMV for Q3 was $47 billion which annualized at $184 billion GMB. Comparing GMB to GDP, Shopify's economy is on the scale of Greece or New Zealand. Building something like Shopify is more than just setting up a storefront. Shopify now has a balanced product, which is a bank account, and a tax product that does better sales tax computation. Balaji suggests that, over time, Shopify could become like Intuit for small businesses, and the tax product could be optimized to give tips to people. Toby talks about incentive design and how Shopify is on the same side of the table as its customers. The company's biggest opportunity to grow is the success of the people on its platform. He believes that the most wonderful thing that Shopify can do is to help entrepreneurs save time by taking care of complex tasks, such as taxes and logistics, so that they can focus on growing their businesses. Money, Time, Risk, Attention Balaji discusses the idea of attention, noting that it is a common topic of discussion and context switching is often mentioned in this context. He references a meme with four levels of the brain, Galaxy Brain Meme, which illustrates the constraint on a business. The levels in order are money, time, risk, and attention, with money and time being obvious constraints. Balaji suggests that risk and attention could be inverted, and that budget allocation differs between big and small companies, with big companies having a risk budget and small companies focusing on attention. He notes that being able to automate a process by clicking is a huge time and attention savings. Is all retail a form of arbitrage? Toby agrees with Balaji's thought that running a retail outlet offline involves arbitrage, i.e. buying goods at wholesale prices and marking them up for a profit when selling them to customers. Moving a retail store online via Shopify, Uber Eats, or similar platforms can simplify the arbitrage process by providing more analytics, allowing for multiple storefronts, and enabling quick changes to brand and signage. This shift to e-commerce reduces the physicality of the arbitrage process and can even lead to dropping shipping, where the seller doesn't hold inventory and orders are executed only when the customer places them. However, Toby believes that purely utilitarian or economic goods are not enough to sustain a business, and that the best products are those that build communities. He gives the example of Supreme, a company that has built a close community around its products through branding and storytelling. As disagrees with this view, saying that people have historically traveled long distances to acquire things they want, not just things they need. He cites the example of a fossilized trader found in the Alps, who was carrying items such as makeup and other non-essential goods. Balaji adds to this by saying that people are willing to travel far for things they want, but only for those things that are truly unique and not easily found elsewhere. Toby agrees and adds that the internet has made it easier for businesses to find and cultivate their niche markets, building a community of true fans around a product or service. He mentions Allbirds as an example of a company that has built a product at the intersection of interests, in this case, creating great shoes that are also sustainably made. The history of the corporation informs the development of smart contracts. Balaji expresses his love for learning about the history of corporations and how it is applied in current times, especially as new institutions are being created, such as with the advent of cryptocurrency and smart contracts. He notes that corporations are social abstractions and how they emerged in a messy way, similar to how smart contracts are created through tinkering and improving over time. mentions that people misunderstand how things are created and that tinkering is important in building and improving something over time. He compares tinkering to the creation of the British Commonwealth French Civil Code. Cryptocurrencies and smart contracts allow you to see the history of change, which is just as important as knowing the state. Toby agrees with this and says that studying crypto has made him realize that things he once treated as constants are more interesting than he thought. The examples he gives are the concept of ownership and dividing ownership of a thing into separate aspects such as the utilitarian value and status of something. He owns NFTs and mentions how the right of ownership and the utilitarian value of the object are separate, which is something that was not possible in the physical world. Toby finds this new understanding of the world interesting and notes that building anything is done with people and there are different ways of creating things, including policies and processes, culture and incentives, and narrative founders start as lead engineers, end up as a chief psychiatrist. Balaji believes that all founders become philosophers at some point, posting stoic stuff and reading Marcus Aurelius because they end up becoming the chief psychologist of the company, managing a huge community within and outside of the organization. Managing humans is very different from working with machines because humans are highly stateful and non-time invariant systems, while machines are deterministic. Balaji believes that founders need to pick up a humanities education to effectively manage humans because only history gives you enough game film on what large groups of humans actually do. Toby agrees with Balaji and thinks that company building is an applied philosophy. Toby likens poker players to game theorists and that they are interesting because they apply game theory intuitively, much like how company building is applied philosophy. Toby mentions that when analyzing Go and poker players, it was found that the visual cortex of their brains lit up, which is a big part of the energy budget of the brain. Aesthetics is the only way that the visual cortex can communicate with the reasoning brain. Balaji agrees with Toby and adds that other computations are like this, including the complicated social computations that people make when saying things like, oh, we will be happy if C does D with E, which is like a graph theoretic thing. Balaji wonders if there is a graph engine for those who are good socially, similar to the visual cortex for those who are good at visual computation. Shopify is not just technology but community. Balaji and Toby discuss the relationship between selling, arbitrage, and community. They agree that both selling and community building are important, but note that those who focus only on arbitrage are not invested in the long-term future of the project. They also discuss the value of community in cryptocurrency, which can give a currency value even if the rest of the world doesn't value it. Toby talks about the difficulty of communicating important messages in a company. He notes that the communication packet size is small and that everything must be packaged into a fortune cookie for ease of dissemination. As companies grow, words must be chosen carefully to ensure that the right message is communicated. Toby believes that smart contracts can help with this communication problem by making the rules and incentives of a community clear and easily understandable. Toby gives an example of the complexities of coordinating a two-sided marketplace like Door, Dash. He notes that a centralized system is more efficient for coordinating the actions of millions of drivers. This type of coordination would not have been possible in a Victorian or Hanseatic version of the company. Toby believes that the computing power and coordination capabilities of smart contracts are what makes them so exciting and that they allow us to solve problems that were previously impossible to solve. The concept of computational context. Communication has risen, and average context has dropped as a result. When a tweet goes viral, it often goes to a group of people who have no context, besides those characters of note. A statement that makes sense to an executive with lots of context will be perceived differently by someone who just joined a merchant, or someone who sees it online. To solve this problem, Balaji proposes smart contracts and NFTs. NFTs can be used as badges to limit post visibility to certain groups of people who meet certain conditions. Fine-grained conditional queries can be used to limit access to a post or offer feedback to only those who meet certain criteria. NFTs can be used as little markers to show completion or demonstrate ownership of a particular entity. NFT gating is valuable for status and internet accessibility in subcommunities. To make NFTs mainstream, they need to be bridged to the physical world. The use of the term wallet in the crypto ecosystem was a genius idea because most of the use of a wallet these days is in the context of station carts that allow people to operate vehicles and other things degrees are a really slow way of getting an attestation that you are the kind of person who can complete a habit or task. Other people can run a fortune cookie quality smart contract to attest that you can complete a certain task, and you can then use that as evidence for a job or some other opportunity. Shopify as a dashboard for the global economy. Shopify has a long history of prices across many different kinds of merchants. Balaji suggested putting up a Shopify stats dashboard which could be a source of shadow statistics. The dashboard could show graphs of aggregate stats or individual items that people could use to compare their basket of goods. Toby liked the idea and said they have such stats and it would be a super cool thing to do. Toby mentioned that Shopify is a brand behind the brand and that they are at a stage where they can start thinking about more representative, larger things. Toby said there is certainly demand for a dashboard and suggested creating one for Black Friday or Cyber Monday to start. He also noted that Shopify shares a real-time dashboard for sales per minute. Atoms are so much more complex than bits. Balaji Srinivasan makes an analogy between PIP and shipping. The physical shipping aspect of commerce is much more complicated than just in ack process in TCP. Toby agrees, adding that there are five stages of grief related to how much more complicated atoms have in bytes. Balaji suggests that atoms have many continuous failure modes while digital things tend to fall into buckets to a greater extent. Balaji introduces the concept of generalizing and how it's like printing things out. Everything happens in the digital world first, and you hit print and it comes out in the physical world. Examples of robots that grow food on farms and delivery robots that bring packages to your home. Balaji suggests that you could build a robotic Shopify economy globally but you could build it in a neighborhood. Shopify would probably provide the demand liquidity for the people who want to build a neighborhood freely additive printing. Kaz notes that it's not Shopify's job to take over every aspect of the world, but rather to make commerce easier for entrepreneurs and developers. Balaji suggests that a drone delivery startup could reach out to Kaz at Shopify to create APIs that make it easier to integrate with Shopify. Balancing Centralized versus Decentralized at Shopify. Balaji asks about the balance between centralized and decentralized systems in an economy, and notes that they are often portrayed as completely antithetical, but a balance between the two can be useful. Toby responds by noting that definitions of centralized and decentralized can vary and often lead to fights over semantics. He explains that Shopify is a centralized service but is also an agent of decentralization, as it democratizes opportunities for entrepreneurship. Balaji gives an example of the Hayekian decentralized model used by a ride hailing company called Sidecar, which allowed drivers to set their own prices and customers to choose specific car models. However, this model did not work as well as the centralized model used by Uber and Lyft, which centralized the market and offered better economic results due to having more information. Balaji notes that the decisions Shopify makes about defaults and editing options also require a balance between centralized and decentralized approaches. If they could start a new country, what would Toby and Kaz build? Balaji initiates the conversation and asks the others what they would contribute if they could start a new country. Balaji suggests that they focus on one big moral or social issue that they want to solve in their new community. Similar to how a founder of a startup solves an economic issue, they should have one big policy thing that would change society. Kaz suggests that the French word nation pays. Is a better word than the english word nation as it implies shared history or culture he would like to have a community that is more curious less sure and less easily offended he is interested in creating a political party that encourages these values balaji gives an example of a full keto community where people drop the cookies at the border and there is no sugar no high fructose corn syrup and nothing like that he suggests that this community would be very healthy and there could be other examples of a community that addresses a moral or societal issue. Toby suggests that not being tribal would be a good start as tribalism is super fun, but it leads to conflicts. Tribalism in Builders vs. Critics by Toby Tribalism is innate in human nature and should come out in jest rather than an absolute conviction. Quote, We are currently in a world that treats the people who build things, and the people who critique things equally in fact, The airwaves are completely owned by the people who critique things. Toby Lutka Critics should be seen as a supportive tissue for builders, inspiring them to do better or holding them accountable. High effort criticism is important to inspire builders to improve. The narrative should reinforce the idea that builders are special and important to society. Many builders opted out of building important internet software businesses because it was hard and the only people asked to solve society's problems were the builders politicians should be responsible for solving society's problems instead of putting the burden on builders simplifying the process of building would lead to better products and more progress many builders are returning to the field with the rise of crypto and ai which is a positive development balaji's thoughts on cultural innovation and comparative advantage cultural innovation around curiosity in builders prioritizing community first more than technology or policy Comparative advantage makes sense in the case of selling apples and oranges, but it breaks down when applied to governance and media industries. Outsourcing governance and media to people who are bad at it leads to irrational decisions. The doctrine of comparative advantage breaks down in these industries. The naive optimism of builders to just focus on building is not enough, one must also be prepared to defend their creations. Tech interlopers are often disliked by establishment media and corporations, which are often owned by nepotistic families with old money. The conflict between new and old money can be seen in many historical conflicts. Critics often seek to take from builders through criticism, which can result in apologies and reparation. Criticism is low capital expenditure and can result in backtracking and financial loss for builders. Similar to how patent lawyers can use their power to exploit builders, Because on working at Shopify and Toby's parting thoughts. Shopify is a company for people who want to take ownership of their lives and change the world. The company is made up of ex-founders who believe in these principles. The company has its ups and downs, but it's building something special. If you're curious and atypical, check out Shopify. Balaji Srinivasan notes that the best advertisement for working at Shopify is people who work there. Toby praises Balaji as a podcast host and thinks podcasts are a unique medium for optimistic messages and new ways of creating content. Balaji thinks tweets and podcasts are relatively less occupied by legacy media and have made progress. The podcast is peer-to-peer, unlike a normal interview, and allows for building something new together. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The top 10 ideas of the week. Every Monday.